Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we're going to be talking about this week in golf, if you will. DraftKings Golf brings us to Riviera, an invitational this year. And what that's going to also bring is the most sacked course that we have seen this year since there have been no Masters and potentially all year, even after you factor in the Masters on just a player by player basis. Uh, we'll get into all that. Who's in this field? You can see some of them over my shoulder in just a second. But if you are here, I appreciate it. If you could hit the subscribe button, you get any value from this video or any of my past videos, please do check them out. Appreciate you being here. You can follow me over on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. And also, if you want to get access to tomorrow, I'll have an exclusive podcast out, discussions around ownership as well. That'll be something over on Patreon for the Patreon users, um, all sports, PGA, whatever it might be that you subscribe to Patreon for. Have that tomorrow once we get a little bit more news based on ownership. Closer to lock becomes a little bit more secure. So, with all of that said, I do appreciate you all being here. And let's get into it. We're going to go just, you know, position tier player tier um, in terms of pricing. And I'll point out a couple of things. So this is probably the most stacked course that we'll see definitely non-major, non-WGC event. If not the most stacked course of all of that, it's an invitational pretty much run by Tiger Woods this week. And what you're going to get is nine of the top 10 players in the world. Only Webb Simpson is not here. 19 of the top 25 makes it even more impactful. And when that happens, very similar to majors, you have strong players top 50 or so players in the world, priced outside the $8,000 range, getting them in the 7K range. You have players in the 6K range that in most most weeks on tour will be somewhere in the 7K range. So naturally, you have more options to feel good about in the mid-range. Naturally, you have a, a stronger bottom tier. And then also, you have a very stout and bulletproof top tier. So as we get into this, and I'll talk about the course a little bit here, uh, 7,700 yards, 7,322 yards, a par 71, it has some very long par fours. And because of the long par fours, you only get a 7,300 yard course. It means that the par fives are a little bit shorter. So what I want here personally is bombers that also have strong irons. Most of the time when you have accurate and long bombers that have great iron play, they're going to be your most expensive players in the field, but that's what I'm fine with. You also see strokes gain approach and around the green mattering here. Putting is going to be huge. These are some of the toughest putting surfaces up there with Augusta in the entire world and on tour. So what that means is, along with putting, is they have small greens, so greens and regulation doesn't matter as much because they're just hard to hit. So around the green play and putting is going to factor in your short game. So things that stand out the most here for me, I want players with distance, players with strong irons, because that usually factors into your around the green and your approach play, um, ball striking, all that kind of the same thing. And then also, to an extent, um, putting as much as you can get it variant, looking at 50 rounds or 100 rounds data, looking at it from a longer approach to see not just how good they've been doing over the last one to two, three events, because that's highly variant, but looking at it from a longer career type of a span of a year or whatever you want to look at for your longer range. Poet Greens, like I said, they're a little bit tougher. And usually the winning score here, it can be variant. You can find it in the single digits. But for the most part, you'll find it somewhere around 12 or 14, those low to mid teens on this course. So getting into it at the top end, you have five guys above $10,000, five figure range. Rory at the top looks fantastic to me. I mean, by all accounts, he looks fantastic to me. Um, $11,600. He's seven to one odds to win this. If I was to bet anybody up here, eight to one in some spots, it depends where you see these numbers. Uh, I've seen Rom at 10 to one. If you find that number, I would bet that. But I like Rory from choosing between the three of them. 
T4 here last year. He's the best ball striker, TD Green player statistically in this field. He's top 10 in around the green and approach play, top five distance, and, and he's also accurate. Top 20 good drives, which is a uh, fantasy national stat if you want to check it out. He's just gaining strokes everywhere right now. He's 11,600, and that's where it starts to become a question. I think you want one of these three players. It is so hard to pin them apart. You see their Vegas odds. I have it in here as Rory 7-1, JT 8-1, and Rom 9-1. They're all pretty much co-favorites uh, for this event right now. They're on just a different tier um, in terms of how they're playing, all their irons, all their um, just off the tee game. I mean, you have Dustin Thomas, a guy who his off the tee game is number two in this field right behind Rory. He's been fantastic there. You have Rahm, a guy who's just not finishing outside the top 10 in, in 75 to 80 percent of the events that he's played over the past year. So he's been fantastic. It's hard to really pick between them. I take Rory if I'm up here. I don't have a problem with trying to squeeze in two of these guys. Uh, that, the fact that they're in the 11th K range and not the 10 K range makes it a little bit more difficult. But like I said, you have a strong seven and six K range. So they all seem fine. It's really a preference thing at this point. I'll side with Rory, then Rom, then JT in that order. Tiger, I don't want much interest in here. Finished T15 last year, which is one of his best finishes here. He's finished second here before. He's just never won this event. One of the only places is probably his worst place where he's um, played at in, I believe, now 13 appearances. So not a spot that I want to get to, especially when he's in charge of this event. DJ, it's really, what do you think about him coming off of this injury at that point? Um, his distance has been there as it always is. It's just his accuracy as of late, but you're getting a great price of $10,000 flat. I personally have a bet in on Dustin Johnson. I got it at 16 to 1. It is now at uh, 14 to 1. He's a fifth ranked golfer in the world. He's finished here top 10 or better in three out of the last five years, three out of the last four years, actually, um, after he ripped off the stretch of finishing T2 here in 15, fourth and 16, and won the event in 17, a T9 last year. It's it's a matter of do you think this is the same DJ? I think it's better than what we got last year towards the end of last year from this uh, surgery that he had. Getting into the next range now, uh, Cantley leads it off. I think he's fine. Don't really have much things to say about him, anything strong. He's played here fine in, in two appearances at 9,800. I'd rather just be pairing two of the guys in Rom and Thomas. If you can find the money, then really starting off this next range with like a Rom and a Cantley, just because I think there's that big of a gap. But if you wanted to get to Bubba, he's the guy who's going to stand out. I don't have, him, don't have him as a yes in this range, but I could easily put him there. This is his tournament. He's won here three out of the last six years. He won in 2014, 16, and 18. Finished T15 here in 19 and had the withdrawal back in 2017. He's coming into this tournament for the first time in a while actually in good form. Like this is usually the tune-up tournament for him, right? Got the T15 last year. Before that, he won three out of the previous five years. Um, this is a tournament where he just or three out of yeah, three out of the previous five years. This is the tournament where he starts to get going on tour. But what you get this year is a spot where he's already finished um, T6. He's already finished T5. He had a couple of events where if it wasn't for the putter, he would have won this year. Uh, look at Phoenix. He was fantastic there for once. Um, so you get strokes gain numbers looking great across the board. And now he's coming into a spot where he thrives. 22, 25 to one odds to win this, depending on how early you got the number. He looks fantastic. Brooks is a guy that I like more in the betting markets than DFS. Um, but at 9,400, you're looking at the second ranked golfer in the world. The issue is you haven't seen him here on tour yet this year. You really haven't seen him, I think, since Shriners, where he missed the cut in October. Before that, it was the Players Championship, where he was okay. So just underpriced because of the injury scares right now and the lack of how much we've seen him. He's played in the Middle East, but it's a risk. Again, Bubba's going to be the guy who's much higher owned. If for some reason there's even ownership between Brooks and Bubba, then I would just go to uh, Bubba. But I think Brooks is, is at least interesting to say the least his only appearance here in 2017 he did miss the cut 
Tony Finau is the last name. So I currently have a bet in on Dustin Johnson and I have a bet in on Tony Finau at 28 to one. Have him as a yes in this 9K range. He's the guy I like the most. Look, his game's been hot. He's finished T2 and T6 so far this year. He gained 5.2 strokes on approach at waste management, and he's gained at least 7.9 total strokes in all three of the PGA events he's played this year. He's been fine here as well. 2018, he finished T2. Last year, he finished T15. You're getting a very favorable price at 9,100 because of the stack field. If this was a much smaller field based on the way Tony's been playing as of late, you might end up getting him closer to 9,800, closer to 9,500. I think you're getting a discount on the 12th ranked golfer in the world. So in the 10K range, I would personally rank it um, in terms of my interest, Rory, Rahm, Thomas, and Dustin Johnson. Johnson with the price discount for DJ is appealing, but I still prefer the upper range. In the 9K range, I would have it as Tony, Bubba, and then Cantley and Kepler are pretty close for me. Getting into the 8K range, I think it's I think it's a trap range. Maybe not a trap range, but not a lot stands out here. You have a strong 9, 9K and 10 plus K range. The 7K range is loaded with guys who arguably could be easily $8,500 and we'll get to them. But this 8K range is not something I really want to get to all that much. Names that, look, Justin Rose seems like he's clearly underpriced. We've only seen him once this year. He missed the cut at the Farmers. He was just terrible on the approach there, which is going to matter here. But again, smaller sample. You take that sample out over a longer haul. It looks better. He seems like a trap because I imagine he's going to gain a lot of ownership. I assume he's going to be over-owned on DraftKings. Look, it's a top 10 player in the world still. I like him at 8,500. If you're different elsewhere, feel fine getting to him. Uh, finished T4 here in 2017, T16 and 16, um, but just not a guy that I feel like stands out as an overall overwhelming yes, but something that I'm fine getting to. Spieth after last year <clears throat> or after last week, gaining really everywhere, finished with the T10. People will be going to that, I assume so. Probably in the outright betting market at 55 to one, I'd like it more. But in a stack field like this, especially when it comes to if if you're trying to get him, I guess I like it more in DraftKings. I'll take that back. Because if you're trying to get him on the weekend, especially if he was to go into Sunday with some sort of lead, the mental part of the game at that point, when you have just a load of guys in this field that have that type of mentality, they're winning on Sunday before pretty much the majority of the players in this field. Probably somebody that I, I would get away from more in the betting market, get to in DFS. And then Colin Morikawa, I actually like his betting number. I'm flirting with betting it. So far, I have a bulletin on Tony Finau and, and Dustin Johnson. But Morikawa, look, less distance than a lot of these other guys, but he's still top 10 T to green. He's a fire irons player right now, top five. So that's what gets him there. Fine on the putting services. So the concerns is that he hasn't played here yet, and it's going to play like a major course in a major field. So how much is the win upside there when you're talking outright betting market? But if we're talking DFS at 8,100, I like him. So Rose and Morikawa, the guys I like the most in the AK range, Spieth is interesting, but I probably won't get there. Moving now to the 7K range, which is loaded. It is by far the biggest range of golfers at this point. I believe we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 33 golfers in this 7K range. And a lot of it is, you know, that there's tiered approaches. I like a lot at the top end. There's a good amount in the middle range. So starting at the type, Bryson's interesting. T15 here last year, T41 and 18 and withdrawn in 17. He has improved here. It's a course where the more you play it, the better you're going to get. 50 to 1 number, similar to Brooks, where we really haven't seen him that much, been playing overseas. But we did see him at Waste Management, where he was terrible on the approach and around the green. He ended up losing five strokes, 4.9 strokes at the approach game. That's the shakiest part of his game, the around the green and the approach. And that matters the most here. So I, I likely end up avoiding him. He's a question mark right now for me just because of the price point. But there's so many guys in this range that I think I'd rather get to. Starting with Paul Casey, who's made the cut in five straight years here. Best finish was a T15 in 2015 or T2 in 2015, but he actually finished T25 last year. Look, the 55 to one bet, I have that in on him. He's the third golfer that I have bet so far this week. Uh, Number two ball striker, top 10 in T to green, top 10 in approach. He ended up losing 5.8 strokes putting last week, but it just seemed like he didn't care on Sunday at the Pro-Am where the rounds are taking forever and the weather's getting worse. He ended up 
I believe playing three of those final six or seven holes at double bogey, the front nine was not much better for him, um, just was absolutely terrible. So I'm not too worried about that since it was something he knew he was out of. The weather sucks. Just get out of there. Um, Probably not as much um, just confidence and care in the world to be at Pebble at that point. So I'm fine going back to Casey. I like him at 7,900. Sergio Garcia. Um, so we really haven't seen Sergio on tour at all. We haven't seen him since the WGC back in November where he lost 4.4 strokes overall. Hard to go off of that, but he's still top five, uh, top 25 player in approach, tee to green, ball striking over his last 50 rounds. It's it's a risk, but I have him in there similar to Bryson as a guy that I'll have interest in. I think there's some upside. Prefer Paul Casey. Also prefer Matt Kuchar, who's 7,800 in this field, made the cut the past four years, has not finished anywhere outside of um, T28 where he finished last year. More of a cash type of a player, but has GPP upside. Again, four, ma- uh, four straight made cuts here. I think, I've, I think I have four straight missed cuts in my notes, but four straight made cuts here. T to green and ball striking is the concern for him, but it is still above average relative to the field. If he was 85, 88, $9,000 in this field like he usually is, in, in any other week, that's not a major type of a fielder like this one, the Invitational, then he's somebody you don't get to. But when he's 7,800 and has a level of consistency to his name, I think I'm fine getting there. The recent form has been fine as well. I prefer Kucher and Casey in this area. But then also Matthew Fitzpatrick at 7,700, top 50 approach, ball striking, T to green in this field. Um, he hasn't been here yet, similar to Morikawa, which is the concern. His first appearance on tour last week was rough. He lost 3.7 strokes on approach and 4.3 strokes overall tee to green. So that's not great. If I had to rank this upper 7K range, I would go Casey, Kucher. And this is where it gets tough because Bryson, uh, Sergio, and Matthew Fitzpatrick are all very similar to me. I would probably go Bryson, Sergio, and Fitzpatrick in that order. Going down a little bit to Max Oma, he's terrible around the green probably don't end up getting to him much. 90 to one is like the longest odds that I would flirt with, but not for him, another player that we're going to get to in the betting market. Haven't placed a bet yet. Terrible tee to green. Uh, more recent form though is fantastic. So depending on where you're looking for Homa, he'll either look like a terrible play or a great play, depending on how far back you're looking. 6.2 uh, strokes game total 9.8 and 8.6 in his last three events. He's finished uh, T9, T6, and T14 in those spots. His game has been very good. Now you're in a loaded field though, and the price point, if anything, for the loaded field seems a little bit high. Alex Noren, he's coming on now. He's top 10 around the green in this field. Um, Below average ball striking, around average T to green. He's gained strokes in seven of his last eight, which is good to see. Um, Overall strokes. Last week was the first that he did not. uh, And his first, I believe, um, First time in the last eight, 4.2 strokes game putting at Pebble, something to keep an eye on because here you're going to need that putter. Uh, He's been pretty solid uh, in approaching around the green and that's going to matter here. So Norn is going to be in a player pool for me. Neiman is a guy at 90 to one who is the guy that I feel like is the only player that I would bet this high of a number. I don't think you have to go that high. Casey is the highest I've gone. I've bet so far DJ, Paul Casey, and Tony Fino at this point. But Neiman, I think his game sets up nicely here. You get him as a top 20 approach ball striker and tee to green player, as well as off the tee. Fine putter, top 25 there. He did play here last year, which is a leg up on the Matthew Fitzpatrick's and the Colin Morikawa's. He finished T44. He lost 7.3 strokes putting at the Sony a couple weeks back, about a month ago. But other than that, the putter's been solid and overall his play has been solid. Now you get him instead of in the 8K ranges in this low 7K range, it stands out. A guy that I think hopefully is not chalky, but I have him as a yes at 7,200. One of the better value plays that I'm seeing on the slate is Russell Knox. Uh, Russell Knox so far, first time losing strokes on approach in his last seven contests was last week at, in his last, I believe, eight actually events was last week at Pebble. He lost 3.3 strokes on approach. Again, the weather was bad. It's a pro-am. It started getting worse. Um, Not a great spot if you don't care as much and don't think you have the win upside. 13th in approach in this field. He's a top 20 ball striker and tee to green player. And he's just been very good this year when he does, again, last week was his worst performance, but the three, four events that he played before that, 
pretty much finishing top 25, top 30. Uh, I like Russell Knox at 2,500, the 115th player ranked in the world. If he continues to play the way that he is, he'll be in the top 100 pretty soon. Corey Connors is an interesting, interesting fellow at $7,000 flat. Usually picks up popular ownership. People like the guy. I like the guy. He's top 20 T to green and approach. He's number six, or he's, t- he's top 20 in T to green, and he's sixth in approach. The issue is obviously the putter, and then his around the green play. Tough greens here. Around the green play really matters with the small greens and regulation percentage because he's similar to Pebble. These greens are going to be smaller. He lost strokes around the green in 14 of his last 16 and lost strokes putting in 13 out of his last 16. If you get the lucky day where both the putting and the around the green game click, which has been once in the last 16 contests, he's going to he's gonna do really well for you at 7,000. Now, you don't need them to click all, all around, and he's ending up winning the tournament at 7,000, but you need at least one of those things to click for him to make the cut. So he'll be in player pools, but just know that if he's popular, he is a very high-risk popular player, in my opinion. Getting to the 6K range, where look, you don't have to go here. There's some names I'm going to point out because I think there's some really good names here, two or three, but you don't have to go to the 6K range at all. The 7K range is loaded with, I think I just named 10 players that stand out to me. Um, so I think there's enough there, but we'll go to Carlos Ortiz here, 30th in T to green in this field, top 20 around the green player. He's 26 in DraftKings points. He just puts up points, birdies, eagles, whatever it is for the DraftKings scoring. Uh, three of the last five years he's played here, he's made the cut, never finishing worse than T26 in 2016, had a top 10 finish here last year. He's great everywhere. At waste management, he gained 6.1 strokes T to green. Um, that's the most that he's gained since the Sanderson Farms last year, and I believe mid-September, I believe Sanderson is in. Um, so yeah, Carlos Ortiz looks fine. At the exact same price, I imagine Lanto will be more popular. Lanto usually is a popular name. He finally got back on track last week. Um, he ended up, I believe, gained 8.2 total strokes, 3.4 with the putter. His putter is the thing that'll be fairly inconsistent as of late, but when you look at it over the longer haul, it's more consistent. That matters here. He has a 21st best uh, short game in this field. And he's about a top 25 uh, total strokes game player. So Lanto and Ortiz, both at 6,800. Like both of them, they're in player pools for me. And then Cameron Changale, I'm just a sucker for Cameron Changale. I'll probably keep getting to him. He's made the cut the three out of the last four times he's played here. Best finish was a T8 in 2017. Most recent finish in 2018 was a cut, did not play here last year, but still top 25 in T to green approaching around the green. He's losing strokes total and back-to-back, which is concerning. Um, but last week was hard to judge just because of the the three-course rotation. It's hard to weight that so much because we don't really know what happened on the other courses. And also, he's always poor, always missing the cut at waste management. So recent form, the contest that he's been at just never bode well for anybody at Pebble for the most part, especially when you can't track all the data. And then the week before, waste management is just not his spot. And at 6,500, it's worth taking a flyer on, in my opinion. In this final range, I don't like much down here. 6,400 and below, I'm honestly not going to live down here. It's a bunch of guys that can get you there, and then you worry about their their putters, right? Uh, Scott Stongs, Taylor Gooch, Jimmy Walker. Taylor Gooch, as of late, playing better, had a T20 here back in 2018. He probably stands out the most at 6,300. His odds are a little bit shorter compared to most at 225, so he's probably the most underpriced. Gooch is the guy I like the most down here, but Scott Stallings, I can say terrible things about him more than I can say positive. That's why he's priced down here. Same exact thing for Kyle Stanley, missing the cut on the number two out of the four times this year. He's missed a cut all four times this year. He's missed the cut the last two times here, but again, it's a player that um, putting-wise would stand out a little bit. Uh, not much else. Jason Duffner's 401. If you want the wildest of outright betters down here, missed the cut here last year. Game doesn't set up that well. If I didn't name some guys, it would probably be Taylor Gooch, Scott Stallings, and Jimmy Walker. No confidence in any of them. The most confidence in Taylor Gooch though. 
So I'll put this back to the main page here. I appreciate you all tuning in. Check out the rest of the content I have on the YouTube channel, whether it's XFL, NBA every single day, PGA. Check out what I have to offer over on Patreon as well. We'll have the podcast out tomorrow discussing ownership, um, where my allocations are going to be going. Uh, we'll see if I play 150 or if I'm just going to be playing 20 maxes, single entries. Um, usually play single entry, three max, and then some weeks I'll play 20 max, some weeks I'll play 150. This is a very fun event. One just course rotation will have shot tracker where we'll be able to actually watch this thing and, and pay close attention as opposed to a couple of the past events in the last month, month and a half, especially last week. So enjoy it. It's a loaded field. It is pretty much a, a pre-major event. Um, well, it is, but it's, sim- it's similar to a major with the players that are going to be in it at the Invitational at Riviera. So thank you for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Want to get this video up as soon as possible, this podcast up as soon as possible. Hit the subscribe button, check out Patreon. Appreciate all of you. Have a great day. Peace out. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.